Welcome to Choice Classic Radio, where we bring to you the greatest old-time radio shows. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to us on YouTube, and thank you for donating at choiceclassicradio.com. Once again, we bring you the thrilling adventures of The Shadow, the hard and relentless fight of one man against the forces of evil. These dramatizations are designed to demonstrate forcibly to old and young alike that crime does not pay. The shadow who aids the forces of law and order is in reality Lamont Cranston, wealthy young man about town. While in the Orient, Cranston learnt a strange and mysterious secret. The hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they cannot see him. Cranston's friend and companion, the lovely Margot Lane, is the only person who knows to whom the voice of the invisible shadow belongs. Today's drama... I must never sleep again. A little before seven o'clock, one dismal October morning, a car roars along a bleak country road. At the wheel, Lamont Cranston. Beside him, Margot Lane. Where are we going, Lamont? Back to the Crispin house, Margot. House, we just left there an hour ago. We're going back. We've got to. Go with me, aren't you, Margot? Of course, but it's just been such a dreadful night and I'm so exhausted. We'll be able to rest soon now. I have an idea that an old theory of mine is once again about to be proved. What theory is that? That love is the most dangerous weapon of all in the hands of a criminal. What do you mean, Lamont? I don't understand. You will very soon now, Margot. Here we are. Come on, into the house. Crispin! Crispin, where are you? Mrs. Crispin! Phillips! Lamont, the place is deserted. Where's everybody gone? I don't know. Yet. Crispin isn't in his room. Strange. He was in bed when we left here. Lamont, I'm afraid. This house feels as if it's almost haunted. Listen. That noise. Sort of clicking. Sounds as if it's coming from the sunroom. Come on. Let's find out what it is, Margot. Yes. Oh, Lamont, I don't like this. Steady, Margot. Here we are. Oh, it's dark. Here's the light switch. And empty. Well, there's the sound we heard, Lamont. A recording machine. Somebody left it running. Looks as if somebody's just finished making a record. Oh, yes, Madge was telling me this evening. They're always making them. Just for fun. They didn't make this one for fun. What do you mean? It says on the label, to my friends and the police. Well, 
But he made us this record. I suppose the least we can do is to listen. But don't you think we should look through the house again? Sit down, Margot. We may find out a lot of things we want to know right on this record. Uh-oh. Cracked. Can we play it? Yes, but we may have to change the needle a couple of times. Here it comes. My name is James Crispin. Here in this house, in a few moments, I intend to commit a murder. It all started when I went to bed Friday night. I remember waking up, my head pounding. Went downstairs and joined my wife at the breakfast table. Matt could see right away that I wasn't myself. James, dear, what's the matter? I, I don't know, really. I went a bit early last night. There's no reason for me to feel ill. Have some coffee. Perhaps that'll make you feel better. Thanks. Oh, uh, Madge, where's today's paper? You've got today's paper right there, dear. No, I haven't, Madge. This is Sunday. Must be last Sunday's paper. No, dear, that's this Sunday's paper. Today's. Today's? Look at the date. Hmm? Sunday, October the 28th. Madge! Something's happened to me. I... I don't understand. The last thing I can remember was going to bed Friday night and here it is Sunday morning. I must have slept through 36 hours. But, dear, you did no such thing. What do you mean? You went down to the office yesterday morning as usual. You left here at 8 o'clock as you always do, dear. But I... I don't remember anything about it. Madge, how did I act? I don't know. I didn't notice anything. Oh, good heavens, wait a moment. Now that you mention it, you were a little strange. Strange? How, how do you mean? Well, I wondered what you wanted with my wardrobe trunk. Your wardrobe trunk? Yes, you made me get up and help you bring it down from the box room. I couldn't understand what you wanted with it, and you wouldn't tell me. Then when you were out so late, I began to worry. Was I late, Madge? Oh, yes, dear, you got in, uh, let me see. Oh, it must have been after three. I had quite a scare. Our neighbor, Mrs. Stevens, called up here at ten. She said her husband hadn't returned home, and she wondered if he dropped in to see you. It started me thinking and wondering about the trunk and what you wanted with it. What did you want with it, James? Where is it? I don't know. I don't know anything. What did I do from eight until three this morning? Madge, I, I, I'm scared. There's been a day lost out of my life. I can't remember a thing that happened. Sit still, dear. I'll get it. Oh, let Phillips take a message. Matt. It's Phillips' day off, dear. It's a Sunday, remember? Hello? Yes, this is the Crispin residence. Yes, yes, just a moment, please. It's for you, James. Oh, I, I don't want to talk to anybody right now. He says he must speak to you. It's someone named Grimes. Grimes? I don't know anybody named Grimes. Well, he said he met you yesterday, James. Yesterday? Yesterday? Hey, give me that phone, Madge. Hello. Hello, this is Grimes. What's the matter, Crispin? We're waiting for you. For me? Yes, for you. You'd better wake up and get down here quickly. Who do you think you're talking to? All right. If you don't want to talk to me, perhaps I'll talk to Mrs. Stevens. Mrs. Stevens? Perhaps you haven't heard of her either. She went to the police this morning about that husband of hers, who didn't come home last night. She'd be pretty interested to hear about your movements yesterday. <laughs> Coming down, Crispin. What's the address? 244 Shinwell Avenue, down by the harbor. Very interesting record, eh, Margot? It's not finished, is it, Lamont? No, I was just changing the needle. 
That crack dulls the points. Huh. All right, here we go again. I lied to Madge. Told her I was going into town on business and took the train. Then I got a taxi to Shinwell Avenue and the harbor. It was a bleak day in an ugly neighborhood. This is the number he gave me. 244... Sunday customer, eh? Come in, come in. You're lucky to catch me today. I usually don't open up on Sundays. Now, what can I do for you? I was told to come here to see a Mr. Grimes. Mr. Grimes is waiting for you through that curtain. Go on, get along in there. A friend to see you, Grimesy old man. Well, we meet again, eh, Crispin? Again? I never saw you before in my life. You never saw me before. <laughs> you started a conversation with me last night in a nightclub over on Morrison Street. I did? You did. You told me and a couple of the boys that you had some stolen goods in your car in a trunk. Trunk? Trunk. Stolen goods is in my line, so I told you that you could leave the trunk with me and I'd get rid of the stuff for you at a price. Then this morning, when you didn't show up, I opened the trunk. I don't go in for that kind of business, Crispin. What kind of business? You know what I mean. No, I don't. Get it out of the cupboard, Pop. All right, Grimesy. There you are, Grimesy. M.C. Match Crispin. It's my wife's trunk. What did you have against this fellow, Stevens? Stevens? Well, why, nothing. As a matter of fact, I'm very fond of him. <laughs> you are? Yes. <laughs> Open the trunk, Pop, and let him see what's inside. Take a look, Crispin. No. <laughs> I hope you never get fond of me. Stevens. Yes, Stevens, Crispin. What did you kill him for? I, I don't know. I, I don't remember a thing. You knew what you were doing. You told one of my boys that you had all your plans laid. You did? You said your next victim was going to be a chap named Lamont Cranston. Lamont Cranston? Why, he's one of my closest friends. Oh, yes, but Crispin, you were fond of Stevens, too, remember? <laughs> and then after Cranston, some old gent named Bowers. Bowers? He's a harmless old gentleman. He's a librarian at the public library in my neighborhood. Well, you're out to murder him. No, I'm not. I never thought of murder before in my life. All this started last Friday night when I went to sleep. Really? Then you'd better be careful about going to sleep, Crispin. Yes. You're right about that. I must never sleep again. What are you doing with that phone? I've got to protect Cranston and Bowers. I'm ringing the police. Put that phone down, Crispin. I, I've got to warn them. Stubborn, isn't he, Pop? Yes, Grimes. But we know how to take care of him, don't we? Yes, Grimes. Good work, Pop. Mm, mm, you just grazed his shoulder. Now into the limousine with him and take him home. And give him a shot of morphine before he comes to. Yes, just as you say, Grimesy.
Hey, all right, Crispin, here's where you get out. You're home. Uh, what? Oh. Oh, it's you. Hurry now, Crispin. You've just got time to get inside before the morphine sends you off. Morphine? Oh, no. no don't let me sleep. Go on, get out. <laughs> and pleasant dreams. It's beginning to spin. Got to... Got to get into the house. Must... Must phone Lamont. Warn him. Madge! Madge! Why, James, dear, what is it? Phone Lamont. No time to lose. Tell, tell him. We won't have to phone him, dear. He's right here. Oh, what's the matter? What is it, Jimmy, old man? Here, he's up now. Something. Oh, I, I'm so, so tired. So tired. Oh, he's dead on his feet. Help him up to his room, Lamont. Of course. Now come along, Jimmy. Exhausted. What you need is a good night's sleep. Well, he's in bed, Madge, sleeping like a baby. I suppose it's time we all went to bed. Margot, your room's in the front, and yours is down the hall, Lamont, next door to James. Oh, thanks, Madge. Good night. Hope the storm doesn't keep you awake. Good night. Oh, don't you worry about us, Madge. Good night. Ah, oh, Lamont, I'm dead tired. I think I could sleep forever. Oh, then you're in the wrong room, darling. There are birds in the tree outside that window that do their vocal exercises promptly at 6 a.m. Oh, dear. Now, you take my room. And this is it right here. I'll be right in your, all right in yours. I want to get up early anyhow. Oh, Lamont, you're a dear. Thanks. Mm. Good night, Margaret. Good night. Oh, gosh, I'm so sleepy. <gasps> what happened? Uh, the lights went out. That you, Lamont? Lamont? Who's in this room? What do you want? Who is it? Answer me! What's that you've got in your hand? Something shining. <gasps> A knife! A tense moment as Margot faces her unknown assassin. We'll return to the shadow in a minute. And now, back to the shadow. Margot and Lamont are still in the sunroom of the empty Crispin mansion, listening to the mysterious recording they found there. Lamont adjusts the needle on the record again, and... And now Crispin can go on with his story. Madge and Lamont heard Margot scream. They rushed to her room. The blade of a hunting knife was buried three inches in the headboard of her bed. Madge's first thought was... Whoever the maniac was, he must have come in through a window, Lamont. No, Madge. I tested all the windows and doors. The house is closed as tight as a drum. But, but then... But that's impossible, isn't it, Lamont? It's not impossible, Margot. Simply means that if no one got in from the outside, your assailant was one of the three of us. Madge, or James, or myself. James? James was asleep. You know he was. Madge, I only meant... You leave him out of this. Leave him alone. He doesn't know what he's doing when he's asleep. I, I mean... What did you say, Madge? I, I don't know. I'm just so overwrought. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm sorry this had to happen. 
You'll have to excuse me. I can't stand anymore. Good night. Good night, Matt. Well, it's hard to believe, but I think she suspects her own husband, Margot. She acted rather strangely. Yeah. Let me see that knife again. I haven't got it. Where is it? Well, didn't Madge have it in her hand when she walked out? I don't know, Margot. But it's time, I think, for the shadow to pay a call. What, on Madge? No, Margot. On James Crispin. <laughs> what was that? I heard a voice laughing and... And I can't see anyone. It's happening. My mind's failing me. No, your mind is not failing you, James Crispin. I'm here beside you, though you cannot see me. Who, who are you? I am the shadow. Why have you come to me? You have something on your conscience, James Crispin. Tell me what it is. I'll tell you. I... I killed a man yesterday. Saturday. He was my next-door neighbor, Stevens. I don't remember anything about it, but I killed him. But how do you know you did if you remember nothing about it? Grimes... Grimes told me I did. And he showed me the... the body in my wife's trunk. And you have only Grimes' word that you put it there. Yes, yes, that's true. He also told me I... I'm supposed to attack Lamont Cranston tonight. An attack was made tonight, Crispin. But it was on Miss Lane, not Cranston. Margot? A plan went wrong. That knife was meant for Cranston, but he and Miss Lane changed rooms at the last moment. But I... I didn't know what room he was in, in the first place. I know you didn't, Crispin. That's why I think you're innocent. No, no, I, I'm not innocent. I, I'll go on with my butcher in and kill my next victim, old Bowers, a harmless old man who lives next to the library. I threatened to kill him next. Grimes said I did. You won't kill Bowers, Crispin. I'm staying right here in your room all night and see that you don't leave. Oh, it's no use. When I sleep, I, I wander. Bowers is next. Oh, getting sleepy again. The morphine. Sleepy. Sleep, Crispin. In peace. The shadows here. Sleep. Beside the library on Hollyock Road. An old gentleman named Bowers lives there, and he's about to be murdered. Yes? Who's there? This is the Bowers residence? Yes? Urgent telegram for Mr. Bowers. Open up. At this time of the night. All right. I'm coming. Mind if we come in? Oh, this rain. Not at all, not at all. Thanks. Come on in, Pop. Oh, Pop's a friend of mine. Here you are. Sign right there. Uh, just a minute. Oh, what's this I'm signing? To whom it may concern, James Crispin has just entered my house. He is armed and says he intends to kill me. I am typing this in great... Haste. 
What are you two trying to do to my friend Crispin? Get up and sign it. What what are you going to do to me? If you sign this, nothing. Uh, Give it to me. There. I've signed it. This won't do you any good. Crispin can call me up and I'll always be here to tell the truth. That's where you're wrong, Bowers. Uh, I... I don't see what you mean. No? All right, Paul. See what I mean now, Mr. Bowers? I fixed him. What do you mean you fixed him? Crispin fixed him. Crispin has committed another murder in his sleep. What? Police cars. Somebody tipped off the police. Yes, somebody must have. And who could it be, Pop? Who knew about this Crispin business besides you and me? Grimsy, you don't think I'd... Why, you... Oh, don't, Grimsy, don't. No, don't stop it, Grimsy. I don't like it. I've got the gun. Grimsy, you make me do it. How could you think I'd tip off the police? Don't do anything for you, I would. You hurt my feelings. That's what you did. You hurt my feelings. The police. Drop that gun. Mr. Weston speaking. Hello there. Hello, Weston. This is your friend again. Did you take my advice and make the raid on Bowers' house? Who is this? Never mind. Did you find Bowers? Is he alive? Yes, we found him. He was shot, but he's alive. We took him to the city hospital. That's all I wanted to know, Commissioner. Lamont? Are you still in there, Lamont? Shh, Wake up, Crispin. Listen. I've got to move quickly. Have the keys. Get the car out of the garage for me. Where are we going? To the city hospital. I think we may meet our murderer at the bedside of a man who's supposed to be dead. Harry, I'll be with you in a minute. All right, Lamont. I'll go and get the car. Crispin. Crispin, wake up. It's morning. Huh? Huh? Oh, oh it's you. The shadow. You're still here. Yes, but I'm going now, Crispin. I want you to know that you did not leave this room while you slept. I know. I was here all night. And and Mr. Bowers is safe? No, Bowers was attacked last night, Crispin. Attacked while you slept, just as your neighbor Stevens was murdered while you slept. What? While I slept? Yes, Crispin. The truth is that you slept through that fatal Saturday. You were drugged. Drugged? By whom? By your wife. I don't believe you. Why should she want to drug me? Why did she hire Grimes and his associate to kill Stevens? Why did she try to make you believe you had bought the body to that toy shop in a trunk? Yes, why? To drive you into a nervous collapse, Crispin. They couldn't hang you for crimes committed while you were asleep, but they could pronounce you insane and commit you to an institution. Then your fortune would be hers. That's not true. I love Madge. Madge loves me. You're lying. I wish for your sake that I were. If your wife comes to you and says that you left the house last night and murdered old Bowers, then will you believe me? I... I suppose... I suppose I... I have to. This will be the last time we have to change the needle, Margot. Oh, hurry up, Lamont. We're almost at the end. Oh, there we are. Shadow. 
left my bedroom. I got out of bed and walked down the stairs to the sunroom. I took a revolver out of the gun rack and loaded it. My head felt tight and strained. I still hoped that Madge wouldn't say I murdered Bowers. Then I decided to make this record so that everybody would understand the whole story. Now the record's finished and... Somebody's coming down the steps. It's Madge. James, dear, I'm going over to the city hospital. Madge. I just thought I ought to tell you that you acted very strangely when you came in my room last night. When, Madge? When did I come into your room last night? Why, just before you went out to see Mr. Bowers. I went out to see Mr. Bowers, Madge. Are you sure, Madge? Why, yes, you said you were going to. Did I? And James, Mr. Bowers is dying. He was attacked last night while you were out. And you're telling me that I killed him? I don't know what to think, James. Tell me, Madge. Do you think I'm capable of murder? Capable of murder? Why, of course I don't think you are, James, but... Then you're wrong, Madge. I am. That's the end of the record, Margot. Crispin killed his wife. I was pretty sure he had when she didn't turn up at the hospital to finish off Bowers. Crispin's nerves snapped. I hadn't expected that. Then, then Madge's body must be somewhere in this house. It could be right in this room, Margot. This cupboard here, for instance. <gasps> there she is. He killed her all right. She must have died instantly. Oh, but where's Mr. Crispin? We looked in the front of the house. And in his bedroom, we looked everywhere. I've been in the kitchen. Good morning, Lamont. Margot. Jimmy, what are you doing with that breakfast tray? This? Oh, this is Madge's breakfast. There you are, Madge. Sorry it took me so long. Sit up now. You must be hungry, dear. Madge is dead. Oh. You killed her. No, no, no. I thought so, too, when... I first saw her lying there, but it's all clear now. She's not dead. She's just pretending to be dead so that I'll think I killed her. She's trying to drive me insane, you know. See her lying there. She's going right on with her tricks. But I'm not angry, Madge. I'm going to make you love me so much that you'll never try to drive me insane again. Come on, Jimmy. Come with me, men. Where, where are we going? Into town. Oh, then, then we'll have to take Madge. I'll never go anywhere without Madge again. Yes, Jimmy. We'll have to take Madge. Ah, it's good to be getting home again, isn't it, Lamont? Yes, it's all behind us now. See now why I said love can be the most dangerous weapon of all in the hands of a criminal, Margot. Yes. It really wasn't Madge's murders and lies that drove Crispin out of his mind, was it? No, Margot. That's the terrible irony of it. Madge could have driven her husband completely insane simply by telling him that she didn't love him. In a moment, I'll return and tell you of next week's shadow story.
Next week, same time, same station, we bring you another strange and thrilling adventure in the shadow's daring battle against the forces of evil. Be sure to listen for this thrilling shadow story. Feature is produced by Reg Johnston for Grace Gibson Radio Productions. A masterpiece of suspense. <laughs>